G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hello, it's Neil Johnson and welcome to today's 2020 podcast. Remember, you can hear 2020 on the Vision Radio Network weekdays from 10 a.m. Eastern Time. That's 11 Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time. Well, how many hours do you or your family members spend on the internet or on your mobile device? We used to have just mobile phones, but these days they're so interactive and so all-consuming in our lives that there is potential for us to become addicted to the technology, even to the point where they change our perception of reality. Dr. Justine Toe is Senior Research Fellow with the Centre for Public Christianity. She's back with us again today to talk through the addictive nature of technology. Justine, welcome back to 2020. Thanks for having me. Justine, love this type of topic because I can see that it is all pervasive in the lives particularly of young people where technology addiction is something that people are talking about more and more. Absolutely. You know, I was doing um, some Vox Pops a couple of weeks ago and I remember just speaking to a young girl. She wouldn't have been more than 17. And I just said to her, do you have time, you know, in your life to sit a spell, think about your life, just in quiet, no, no mobile, no Facebook, no nothing? And she gave me this really awkward smile and says, I feel like I would be intimidated by that and confronted by that. And so I look at this, this girl who's grown up surrounded by noise and I feel terrible for her because she doesn't know the pleasures of silence, you know? And I think, I mean, I'm 32 and so I've actually grown up in a time where, you know, we didn't get the internet till I was 17. I, didn't, I only had, didn't have my first phone until I was 18 and even then it was a shared phone <laughs> with my, my sister and I. So the life that, you know, the, how I grew up is completely different to how this girl has grown up. And I really feel for young people of today because, you know, what happens when the noise stops? What do they do? Do they know who they are? These are the kinds of questions that I I find quite interesting. Well, when you talk about social media and you say that in this day and age there is no disconnect, that does, in fact, pose some issues if, for instance, you are all of a sudden isolated from your uh, your uh, mobile device or your internet or however it might work, because at that point you're isolated and on your own. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure everyone's had that experience where you've left your phone at home for the day and you can't quite escape that nagging feeling at the back of your head all throughout the day. Who's calling me? Is there going to be an emergency? You know, has has someone died? I mean, I'm that kind of personality that goes to the worst <laughs> kind of conclusion. But of course, you know, once you go and find your phone, it's like, oh, you know, no one called me. <laughs> I've been being anxious the entire day. So, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to use much-needed energy uh, worrying about that sort of thing. But this is just what it's, what it's become like, and I, I know I'm not alone in this. Everyone feels like that their phone, their mobile device, has them on a leash. And I think that is um, a terrible image because, 
you know, if we think about pets and how we keep them on a leash, you know, maybe we only walk them once or twice a week if they're a dog, let's say. But these mobile phones, they're supposed to, like pets, bring, you know, good things into our lives. And yet it turns out that they, they actually end up putting us on a leash and they lead us around all the time. And even when they're not around, like when we've left them at home, we still feel that psychic leash kind of tugging at us all the time. I think that's very disturbing. Yes, well, I think uh, for older ones, uh, when you think of technology as being a wonderful servant, making life easier, uh, the whole uh, issue has turned upside down, isn't it? Because uh, for young people, they become servants or slaves to the technology. Absolutely. And I think that it's very, it's not great for them in their development. I mean, I speak to a lot of high school students and talk to them about their use of Facebook. And it's quite clear that, you know, like in terms of being addicted, they're always on it. They're at school with their friends the whole day, probably texting in classes. Then they're at home posting on Facebook, but also chatting on, um, you know, via Skype or texting to each other as well. And they don't get the chance to, to disconnect and just, just think about their own lives, you know, do their schoolwork, maybe even sleep. You know, I, I think it's, it's, not, it's not great for their psychic well-being. And the research is coming out that, um, that there's a greater and enhanced uh, anxiety and depression that, that young people experience if they, if they can't disconnect from their phones. And I think, the, I think the latest stats say that young people will check their phones every 15 minutes. I mean, this is compulsive behaviour. If it was anything other than technology, we might be, you know, very, very nervous right now if it was, you know, alcohol or pornography or whatever like that. But I think that technology is something that we really need to examine and, and help, help develop some really good strategies for how young people can, can use it. Otherwise, it will become their master rather than the other way around. There's other issues too. Uh, the idea of knowledge. Uh, I mean, we used to think uh, that you know God is the one who is the holder of all knowledge, the you know the uh, omniscient one. Uh, these days, uh, you can Google almost any question and get some sort of answer. Uh, does it does it affect young people's lives uh, to be thinking that they have all the answers in the palm of their hand, uh, even answers to the meaning of life? Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually, because the way that Google looks to us is that, you know, you type in a search term and then it spits back, you know, billions and billions of answers. And so you think, surely this is the, this is the collective knowledge of the human race. You know, this, this has got to be, I've got to find something in here. But it's crazy because at the same time, you know, if we restrict ourselves to the world of Google and the world, or the world on our phone, we are missing entire realms of experience that don't just come through in that. I mean, you mentioned how God is the source of our knowledge. I would say that those opportunities that we have to disconnect help us to tap into God in a better way. Because, you know, if you're so absorbed in that world of the phone, as I just said, you're kind of like not really having a lot of time for inner self-quiet and inner reflection. And I've been reading up about the, um, the Desert Fathers and the, you know, the monks who used to go into wilderness areas to find God, to seek God, to serve Him. And there is an interesting parallel going on because these hermits would go into these deserted places because they could hear God better in the silence, right? In, in, the, in the disciplines of prayer and Bible reading and service, they were able to be nourished by God in that silence precisely because it was disconnected from the noise of the world. And, you know, we're talking, and those spiritual traditions were alive and well centuries ago when they didn't have Facebook, they didn't have Twitter, they didn't have this psychological noise that we've got through our social media. And so if they found it overwhelming back then, can you imagine what it's like now? 
And that's why I think that today there's an increased um, push for, you know, meditation, for this practice of mindfulness, of being in the moment, kind of like just noticing those, those thoughts that are coming through your head but then discarding them. And being present, you know, you hear people on their New Year's resolution saying, I want to be present this year. It's because they know that all this psychological noise is in the background all the time and they are permanently distracted by it. And you also have um, meditation retreats where you can take a vow of silence, can you imagine? Um, Or there's pushes for train carriages where you are completely silent. You're not allowed to... You can listen to music, but you have to make sure the music isn't so loud that it it bleeds out the earphones and and affects the person next to you as well. So I think that there is great wonder and um, great nourishment to be found in silence. And it does, you know, and because of that, that spiritual tradition of people seeking in silence and in meditation the voice of God, there is a direct correlation there, I think, between all this noise that we have um, nowadays because of our social media habits and the silence of God. We really need to connect into that and disconnect from social media in order to, to live good lives. But I'm not quite sure we've realized that yet. I mean, I think we're on our way, but with all those, all those ventures I mentioned, but we're not quite there yet. Justine, stay with us because I'd like to pursue some more thoughts about this topic. We're talking about technology addiction. Uh, we used to refer to the internet before it arrived as looking forward to the information superhighway and uh, this overload that we have with information now doesn't always help us to discern the truth. I'll come back and talk to you more shortly about technology addiction. Dr Justine Toe is with us. We'll come back and talk soon. You're listening to the 2020 podcast from the Vision Radio Network. We're back talking about the interactive technologies that are, for many, becoming all-consuming in our lives. So much so, there's potential for us to become addicted to the technology. Primarily, it's affecting younger people. Dr. Justine Toe is a senior research fellow with the Centre for Public Christianity. Justine, with so much information available, is it possible that it's easier to miss objective truth? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that we we all know that how how overwhelmed you can feel once you've done a search and then, as I said, Google spits back all these um, links at you. But I think what we're missing in that is that every source of information is not considered equal, right? Nor is every source of information true. And partly what, what we really need to do for particularly digital natives, you know, the, the kids who've grown up with the internet, is teach them how to sort good information from bad. Um, and it also doesn't help that, you know, there's a lot of, there might, there might be a lot of worthy news or information out there on the internet. But there's also a bunch of, you know, like gossip and superficial stuff and, and stuff that doesn't really do any... It's, it's, it's like the equivalent of junk food, essentially. It may kind of be, you know, um, in, in the meantime, it's very satisfying, but it's completely not nourishing in the long run. So I think we really need to, to teach these digital natives, so to speak, um, how to sort the good information from the bad and also help them realise that the world on their screen doesn't, doesn't exhaust the possibilities of the world off the screen, you know, offline. Um, and I think that um, a lot of people need to 
uh, be reminded of the the benefits of relationship, the benefits of interpersonal kind of interaction with other people, because these are different sources of knowledge that can provide the way forward. I mean, I was struck by, um, this is a fantastic story, at, at the end of last year, this mother had given her son an iPhone for Christmas, but along with this iPhone was an 18-point contract that she had drawn up. And she was basically saying that, you know, you need to give your phone to me on school nights at 7.30, on weekends you can have it till 9 o'clock. Um, point number four or something was you know, talk to people, um, don't uh, be rude, don't text too much, you know, don't, um, don't just text uh, your friend when you can call a landline and speak to the parent, you know, don't try and avoid human interaction that way. And she also said this other thing as well, which I thought was quite nice, that you don't need to endlessly document your existence through photographs and, and status updates. You can just, um, just absorb it and move on. She says you can wander without Googling. And I thought that was really lovely because it, it shows that the existence that we see online doesn't exhaust the, the possibilities of real life. There is so much um, out there as well, and we don't have to restrict ourselves to the world of the screen. Justine, it brings my thoughts back to the way that a Christian uh, composes themselves in this day and age, uh, in this day of modern technology and so much information around. How do you sort of model a, a person who has got their feet well grounded, uh, who has got a objective view of what truth w- might be, uh, perhaps uh, you know because we are a people who look to the Bible and look to God's wisdom, uh, how do you model that, that in day-to-day life uh, for people who are seriously addicted to information and technology? I think that the habit of daily prayer and daily Bible reading already sets you up to be able to have that space to contemplate, you know, and to to sort of disengage yourself from all the other distractions that you have. You've just got the Bible and it's just you and God talking in those moments. And in that, we can see the psalmist who says, be still and know that I am God. And that is incredibly comforting because you know that God's in control. He's He's got it all under, um, he's got it all the way that he wants it to be. And he has a plan, basically. So I think that that is a really good start, this daily habit. I also think that um, more and more people are finding that the practice of an internet Sabbath is very um, is very helpful, um, meaning that you just disconnect for an entire day or perhaps the weekend. So you realize that you're not getting... That, that, that Really, you're not receiving your true nourishment from mobile phones and from the internet, but you're receiving it from God. You're having the chance also then to enjoy relationship, human relationship, and to speak with people and know that you're not going to be, you know, secretly wondering who's texting me right now. So I think that that also helps as well. And in terms of the um, objective truth, I mean, look, I mean, we are to read our Bibles and then to use that as the interpretive lens through which to understand the world. And we know from the Bible that um, what we're seeing in here is God's truth. And so we have, in some ways, um, an ultimate reference manual that can help us to work out what is in the world, what is in the Bible, you know, how does each stack up, and um, and how we might move forward using God's wisdom, of course. So, Justine, what I can hear you saying is take time to be alone and to be in silence. Uh, have your Bible open. Uh, have that time as an interaction between you and God. And in doing so, if you can do that individually, well, you could do it in as, as a group. And really, you're going to be modeling behavior that reverts back to a trust in God's truth 
and walking alongside with him holding your hand rather than just uh, uh, blowing around with everybody's opinion and uh, all sorts of technology and information overload. And I think that's got to be great advice uh, for people who are wondering about what's happening with their teenagers and uh, what's happening with their young children, even with the technology addictions that are developing. Dr Justine Toe is Senior Research Fellow at the Centre for Public Christianity. And I'll point you to the website, www.publicchristianity.org. Justine, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.